Grand Valley has a town hall last Thursday and we are here to cover it. With conflicting information from the doctor and risk levels that seem to be associated with everything other than COVID cases on campus, I'm thinking we need an open town hall where questions can't be curated. You know, where the faculty that is giving us the town hall isn't picking all of our questions and we can only submit them online and nobody can be seen and nobody can be heard and nobody can get involved in it other than the people giving the town hall. That's not really a town hall. That's more of a, um, well... You know, I'll discuss that later. Meanwhile, there is a student standing up and getting together a viable resistance. And Change.org is not really for change. Who'd have thunk it? Oh, the FDA approves the vaccine for reasons unknown to anyone but them. And healthcare may be on the verge of collapse as we know it. I'm Anon Don, and this is the Holmes Politicast. Oh yeah. Alright, I try to make this interesting, but this really is, uh, you know, um, consequential stuff that we're talking about. So, I'm going to start with the contradicting, oh, I should, uh, I should turn my phone down there so that you guys aren't having to listen to all my notifications, right? Alright, so the, this contradicting information from this doctor, um, let's see... Pull this up. Hopefully this doesn't mess with anything. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to stream very well with my stream going. Hold on, I have it somewhere else. Let me look. There it is. Okay, so we're going to start with Dr. Habiba Hasuna, who is now mysteriously on vacation. Um, I called her office and, uh, yeah, mysteriously on vacation, just like Joe Biden right after the fall of Afghanistan. So, <laughs> no implications there, just stating facts. All right, so uh, Dr. Habiba Hasuna, um, she is, she's gone fishing, uh, can't be bothered with uh, questions from students here at Grand Valley, uh, but I did get an email from... Alright, so this will put your fears at ease. I did get an email from uh, Christy Cooper um, from, you know, she's a senior affiliate faculty and COVID assessment team nurse. Um, Kirkoff College of Nursing, GVSU. So thankfully, thankfully, while the uh, virologist is not, oh shoot, did I break it? So while the virologist is not... Um, here to answer our questions um we are still going to get i don't know maybe something i don't know we'll find out uh just a second my computer froze i'm making sure all right i just need to close a few things here so um we are going to we're gonna watch a lengthy portion of this because this doctor she goes on forever and you'll notice that she has uh, uh, speech you know problems not speech problems she's uh, an immigrant or something so um, she doesn't she doesn't talk quite clearly uh, so yeah we are going to start with her 
Um, here is the beginning of her data dashboard statement. with all of that information. Um, now we'll turn to Dr. Habiba Hasuna. She's an infectious disease doctor at Spectrum Health and has been a member of the virus action team since its start. So we thank her for her counsel and her guidance. And we received a lot of questions, doctor, about vaccine safety. So if we could begin with that. Didn't answer my yeah. question, just the for the record. The vaccines that are authorized in the United States are safe. Oh, Those vaccines are, are not have been developed with a technology that has been there for decades, and they have passed through all the necessary steps through clinical trials, and they are undergoing the most intensive safety monitoring in the U.S. history. That okay, so you know, I'm just gonna keep on going. so far, more than 357 million people received those vaccines in the United States alone, without long-term effects have been reported and mind you that the long-term effects that usually the fda look into in general is six weeks even for those vaccines they put eight weeks and nothing was noted so literally everything she just said there was a lie not literally but most of what she just said there was a lie um now she said uh that the vaccines are safe well that that's actually um kind of a measure of, uh, like, what do, you, what do you mean safe? Like, um, 2,000 people have died from this thing? Like, you know, uh, how many breakthrough infections have we gotten? Like, what is the risk-reward assessment? Like, you know, what are my chances of getting sick? What, what how much does it bring, does the vaccine bring it down? You know, the chances of me getting sick? No, nothing, nothing like that was talked about. She was just said that uh, they're undergoing the strictest uh, monitoring, which... I don't really believe. I don't really trust the government to monitor something that they're pushing, um, especially pushing this hard. So um, pretty much everything she said there, if not a lie, was at least untrustworthy. Um, that's not even the worst part. All right. We're getting to the worst part. I'm not going to opine on this part too much because the worst part is coming. They do not affect fertility. They do not affect have effect during pregnancy. All right, again, no uh, studies linked with this, no nothing. And they do not cause any erectile dysfunction. Now, yep. the there studies? has been some rare but serious complications that have... All right, again, what, is, what does rare mean? Because I've been seeing reports from the vaccine, um, the vaccine adverse uh, effect reaction, VAERS, it's VAERS um, system. Uh, it's a reporting system. I've been seeing reports that... Uh, it's up to like 2,500 people dead in in the last, what, we've we've only been taking this thing for what, four months, five months. So, I mean, what, is, what does that mean? Um, again, she cites no studies. She doesn't tell us uh, what the VAERS data is, which would be great. Um, Dr. Hasuna, if you could tell us what the VAERS data is, that'd be wonderful. I've been described with those vaccines. One of those is anaphylaxis, which is a severe allergic reaction how many? that can happen with Again, any medicine, how many any vaccine. That got the vaccine. And this is usually immediate and can be treated on the spot. And this is why those people are monitored up to 30 minutes after taking that vaccine. The other concern and the rare event that happened was that Again, thrombosis rare? with thrombocytopenia syndrome, which how means blood clots with low platelets in women under the age of 50 with a Johnson & Johnson vaccine only. And this is where the recommendation was that those women, if they can take an alternative vaccine, they can go ahead and do that. And even with that, it was a rare event 
that was found only in women between the age of 18 and 49 with seven cases per one million women, per okay. like million women. So and then the that. rare one, the last she one that you heard that. about is probably myocarditis and pericarditis, which is inflammation of the heart. But even that is not a contraindication to go ahead and take the vaccine simply because the, these cases can happen six times more from COVID-19 infection itself rather than COVID-19 vaccine. Okay, so uh, the she's just saying like, oh, the risk of you know pericarditis happens more with COVID infection than the COVID vaccine. Where's the study? I I don't see it. She hasn't. She just sits there with this smug look on her face, and I I don't see any studies. Um, she's just she's just telling me what she wants me to believe, and I'm sorry, Doctor Hasuna, but I don't just believe you on principle. Um, I don't just believe you because you say you're a doctor or because you've been through indoctrination at whatever university you went to. I mean, I'm sure you might know what you're talking about, but I want to see the studies being done. And I will show you actual studies later. We're just getting into the fact that there are no studies in this town hall. Um, I've got all the studies um, because we're going to be listening to another doctor uh, that actually works with patients all the time. I mean, she may work with patients. I don't know. Uh, it said she was like the head of a department, so probably not. Um, but the the next doctor we're going to listen to actually works with patients. So we're going to keep on going. Thank you, Dr. Hasuna. We also had many questions about the effectiveness right, of the vaccine, especially this question and the next question variants, directly the contradict variant, each other. New variants that are arising. Can you address that? Please? And I'll tell you. Yeah, more. the vaccines that are found in the United States are highly effective in preventing severe infections, death, and hospitalization against different variants, including the Delta variant. Okay, we're going to have questions now, about that later. Seen in, now, the vaccines are not 100% prevent like effective, right? Just like any vaccine. So while we have been seeing the breakthrough infections in people that are vaccinated, with some data saying that they do have the same amount of virus compared to unvaccinated, however, the amount of virus falls faster. So people who are vaccinated, while they can still get the disease, however, they have a milder disease with shorter duration. Okay. So she says they have a milder disease with shorter duration. We'll, We'll see. Um, what I'm looking at is a bunch of people started taking the vaccine and then we got a spike in coronavirus cases and hospitalizations. That's all I've seen in the news. The news claims that they're unvaccinated people. I don't know if I believe that because of things that other doctors say. Um, and so we keep going. I still have questions, Dr. Hasuna. You're not actually alleviating any of my fears. Um, here with this virus or this uh, vaccine. So the way I look at it, the analogy of the seat belt, I always tell my patients, I always tell it my might patients, not prevent you from getting into an accident, but it prevents you from getting into a severe one with complications. Her, her accent. Here's sure. another question that came okay. up often. Here we go. Um, if someone has already had COVID and has antibodies, why should they get the vaccine? Well, while COVID infection oh, no, does sorry. offer this question. immunity to the virus, however, this immunity this question and the next question directly contradict each other. Sorry. Immunity will wane and decline with time. So your immune system, after you get the infection, she just said, she literally just said, it uh, it goes, your immune system goes up and then it wanes with time. So your immune system gets weakened after a while. It's strengthened right after you have the virus and you fight it off, but it's weakened after that. 
There are reports that make sure anywhere we're following after three this. to eight months will decrease. The COVID vaccine itself will actually boost that immunity that you got from your natural infection. To so the, the COVID vaccine boosts the natural uh, immunity, boosts the, well, actually it, it probably gives you a natural immunity as well, or it gives you a, an artificial immunity rather. Um, she says to make it a durable immunity um, or a stronger immunity, more durable. To make one. it a stronger immunity and more durable one. Okay, so in the next so you question, still have to take the vaccine. So you still have to take the vaccine, of course. And finally, one more: we have um, some asking that if they're younger or college age, the um, the side effects seem to be minimal. They may have a strong immune system. Um, why should younger people get the vaccine? So we just heard Dr. Hasuna say that. Uh, that the virus strengthens your immune or that the vaccine strengthens your immune system, right? I'm not crazy. I heard that. She said it. Now I'm hearing, why should people with a strong immune system have to take the vaccine? So why should people with a strong immune system have to boost their immune system? Let's, let's listen. That's a very good question. Younger people need to take the vaccine for a lot of reasons, but for the sake of time, I will just kind of summarize the most important reasons I will say. While young people are less likely to die from the vaccine, however, up until now, we have more than 2,450 young people died from the COVID-19 infection. Moreover, the problem is that young people have what we call the long COVID, are developing long COVID or long haul symptoms. So even after they get a mild infection, they might have persistence of uh, brain fog, chest pain, uh, persistent loss of taste and smell, severe fatigue and shortness of breath that might last even for more than a year on those symptoms. And this can debilitate their life. The other issue that is important, while they have a strong immune system, this can actually backfire because they have a strong immune system. So their body, we have what we call a cytokine storm. So we will have more inflammation that can actually affect their heart, the lung, and end up being in the hospital needing machines to support that. So I know that. So because you have a strong immune system, your body will overreact to the virus. You'll get a cytokine storm. And you'll actually end up in the hospital more often. So take this drug to boost your immune system. Is that what I heard? That's, I'm pretty sure. Why is this not going away? I'm pretty sure that that is what I heard. All right. So um, there, are, there are some of my questions, or that's where one of my biggest questions come from um, in, you know, from this doctor. Um, the, 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 these infections, um, or this immunity, like what, what is this virus doing? It is exposing you or the vaccine doing it is exposing you to certain aspects of the virus, not the actual virus itself, but certain aspects of it to boost your immunity. But if your immunity is too strong, then you get the cytokine storm and also long haul COVID symptoms, which college students. All right. You're, you're in your Grand Valley. Maybe, maybe you're listening to the show. You found me, uh, on one of the, the groups. Now ask yourself, how many people do you personally know that have ended up in the hospital? How many people do you personally know that are still having COVID symptoms? How many people have you personally known that have died for me? I know very few personally. I know a, a few, a small few by proxy. But the facts on the ground are not supporting the facts that we are being given 
what I am seeing and what I'm hearing from our health officials is not the same thing that I'm seeing and hearing in reality in the world around me. I don't see people terrified of this virus. I don't see people lining the streets in body bags. I'm not convinced. And so for that reason, I call on Grand Valley to have an open uh, town hall. I am a student there. Um, all of us students should be able to have an open town hall where we can actually ask our questions at a microphone to our university's faculty and staff. I think we need this. Okay? Now, um, I, I just, all right, so we I've got to leave the doctor for a minute to go talk about Grand Valley's alert systems um, that Dr. Er, that uh, Mr. Ed Boop, what is his last name? Ed Boof, it's Ed Boof something, I don't remember. But uh, at the fourth level, hold on, that's reviewing the exemption. Masks are tied to our alert level for the exemption work, and also questions about um, um okay. what if I'm so fully online? This and is, I'm going to show you some things that are ridiculous. Campus. How does that work? And also about Just how as a Grand masks Valley are student. tied to our alert um, levels. So, Ed Abufadel, I'll turn it over Ed to you to answer those. Thanks, Dottie. Happy to be here this afternoon. So, on the first question, um, we've uh, been expanding the form for the exemptions, which includes a, a postponement section. And Greg already mentioned one in terms of, of those who are under 18. So another uh, uh, request you can make for to postpone the vaccine requirement is um, if you are a student, faculty or staff member who um, is taking courses or working completely remote. In terms of masks, they, they brought, uh, this new the updated system has five levels from zero to four. And um, it's informed by the set of set of indicators, and I'm going to show you all that in just a moment. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to show you the set of indicators actually, because he takes freaking forever to do it because he knows he's uh, not giving you real information. Um, you know, what? we'll we'll let him do it. We're currently at level two, and which is medium alert, and yeah. you can see, you can see um, there's a description oh, of what the alert level is. Um, in terms of prevalence of the virus and so on. And then for different key areas of operations for us, um, there is some language that describes what happens at level. So you can see offerings on campus, work on campus, face coverings. We've added this to the alert system so that the um, our, our face covering policy is tied into it. Residential restrictions, dining restrictions, and so on. Um, up at the fourth level, um, and this is, on, um, this is a web page that I'm showing you here, is very high alert. Um, this is where prevalence is very high, and we basically are going to go all remote. Our ultimate goal, of course, is to get back to level zero, which is near normal. And um, in that case, there are no restrictions on campus work, and uh, face coverings are not required. Uh, so um, we have um, these alert levels uh, posted on a website. Um, again, we're, we're so vague. Two. You and can't even. What informs I mean, our decision it, about the current level are a set of indicators. It's so ridiculously vague. And you can vague. see um, some of them here. Okay, so um, look at these, look at these indicators. Um, Seven-day average of new COVID nineteen cases. And okay, so I'm actually going to show you these on on mine because it'll be easier to see um, as you're going through it. So, um, there it is. Okay, so. Seven-day average of new COVID cases within GVSU. So we're at medium alert, so that means 10 to 12. There should be 10 to 12. New, new cases 
uh, every seven days. Or 10 to 20, excuse me. Uh, Seven-day average positivity rate should be between 4 and 10. Um, Percent of students in isolation or quarantine should be 2 to 3%. Now, they had... Let me see if I can find it. You can't find... Where did the... Where did that go? Last time I looked at that, there was a little link. Might be this. COVID data dashboard. Sorry, there used to be a link um, when you got to seven-day average of new cases uh, within... Oh, oh, yeah, this is it. Okay, so they just removed the link. They just removed the link so you couldn't see. All right, so... <laughs> oh, that's cute. Uh, so now <clears throat> you cannot see, um, or well, you can, you can still find it, but, uh, they've removed the link so you can't see the seven day average of new COVID-19 cases within GVSU too quickly. Um, so at, uh, what, what's the date today? 823. So 819, 821. All right. So between here, let's see, on campus students, there's one. There's one daily new case. Um, let's see. Between the 16th and the 20th. Um, let's see. What? They, they barely have any information here. Let's, let's see what the... Okay. Current GVSU population po- percent positive. 0.07. Now, that, I don't think that's... Uh, that's, not, that's not 7%. Um, yeah, that's, that's not 7%. Percent positivity rates. Um, let's see, was that seven day? It doesn't matter because the current population positive is 0.07%. Seven-day average of new cases, three. What alert level is that? Oh, that's low alert. Why are we on medium alert? That's, we should be at low alert compared to, or, uh, in relation to that. So I'll show you why I think we're at low alert. Because we've got students. Um, oh, that's percent vaccinated. Oh, uh, and percent vaccinated is, is one of the factors. Uh, why is that one of the factors? Percent vaccinated? So we're at medium alert, mostly because of this, I think. Because all the rest of this, let's see, this should be 5 to 10. Let's see, let's see what it is. 5 to 10, what, percent? Seven day average of new cases on Ottawa County, 5 to 10. Seven-day average of new cases. Ottawa. It doesn't even link to... It doesn't even link to information. It actually... All right, so look at this. Your Grand Valley community doesn't care to give you the information that uh, that they're linking to. They don't... They, they just think that you don't deserve that information. 
All right. So Ottawa County, let's see if we can find this. Because they said it's really easy to find all this, right? It's really easy to get all the information. Mr. Abufadel. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking around. They, they don't even link to uh, anything for this. The, so the seven-day average of new COVID-19 cases within Ottawa County, that doesn't even go anywhere. Kent County. Oh, look, it goes to the same freaking place. Oh, daily. Let's see if this... Okay. Daily. New confirm. Okay. Seven day. New confirm. 49.3. 72.3. 92.9. So it looks like Kent County... Um, per 100,000. Okay, so yeah, Ottawa County, um, if we were going by that, we'd be at low alert. Kent County, uh, looks like we would be at actually medium alert. So there's one, one out of four of the, um, the things, one out of four of the, uh, the, uh, indicators that we've looked at is actually in the right spot. So, um, uh, at a glance, let's see, let's go daily, uh, Okay, news confirmed seven day. Um, what was the? Oh shoot, I should start hitting this. Okay, five to ten. Five to ten per one hundred thousand. So. If you can't see all this that I'm doing, I'm very sorry. Um, I'll ha I will actually upload this video to Rumble so that uh, if my you know my audio listeners are listening, they're like, "What is he talking about?" Um, you can actually come and see all of this stuff that I'm looking at. All right, so all this information, I mean, it's it's not really giving you new real information um, all, all across Michigan. It's not giving you out of one hundred thousand. It's not giving you out of one hundred thousand people. So. Um, yeah, I don't think Michigan's, um, Michigan's rate, oh yeah, let's see here, uh, we'll go, with, it's got to be between 5 and 10% for a 7 day average Ottawa County percent positivity rate. Let's see where this goes. So, between 5 and 10% positivity rate. Ottawa County. New cases by day. So, total new. Okay, so it's giving me total new cases. It's not even giving me a percent. It's not even, again, not the information that they said it was. Oh, goodness. Grand Valley, you've got to do better than this. You really do. Come on. Link to something that's accurate. Link to something that tells us something. Um, level of community transmission. Let's open this one. See if it's. See what it says. Um.
All right, so they're just saying, okay, so this one's just, we're, we're still spreading it. Yeah. Yeah, no depth. Uh, I know we're still spreading it because it's going to be spreading for the year. So these vaccinations, so these indicators, they're ridiculous. They're garbage. I don't know why we're using these. Um, we, we, You know, here's an indicator I'd like to see, uh, just to offer Grand Valley a different perspective um, on what we're doing here. So I think what you so i'm gonna help you out i'm gonna i'm gonna help you clarify a few things so i think what we want to do is we want to keep people from dying right so how about if we do like i don't know number of people in the hospital in our grand valley community why isn't that an indicator are we are we keeping track of it like um is is that gonna be something that we're even worried about why why is this not up here why are we only looking at cases why are we not able to see hospitalizations? That's my biggest question for Ed Bufidel, which who I've talked to actually. He may actually uh, respond to me. I'm gonna actually ask him about this. Um, but the fact that uh, I I don't know. Just I, I look at this thing, including you know, and, what is uh, happening on campus as it's far ridiculous. as uh, how many cases there are per day and our positivity rate. What so is here's happening how I know in the community, particularly in Ottawa, that they don't really county. care. Um, because the university is locked down for all this stuff. We're on, we're on medium alert people. Uh, and yet we're still able to do like campus life night. I go out, find a club, hang out, you know, you know, just, it's just a risk of death, but, uh, you know, who cares? You'll, you'll be all right for that. But it's just all contrived. It seems all so contrived. So, now we go back to doctors, um, now that we've seen that this this alert system is ridiculous. Yeah, we'll get rid of that. Now we're going to go back to a doctor, Dr. Dan Stock, um, who have, I've asked for an interview. I doubt I'll get one, but uh, here he is. We are actually going to listen to him quite a bit um, because he makes a lot of good points. And actually, he has all of his stuff well-documented. Everything he says is well-documented. Oh, an error occurred. Here we go. Um, to, to address your comment, gee, it's hard to believe we're 18 months into this and still having a problem. And I would suggest the reason we still have a problem is because we're doing things that are not useful. And we're getting our sources of information from the Anastate Board of Health and the CDC, who actually don't bother to read science before they do this. Um, I'm actually a functional family medicine physician. That means I am specially trained in immunology and inflammation regulation. And everything being recommended by the CDC and the State Board of Health is actually contrary to all the rules of science. So things you should know about coronavirus and all other respiratory viruses, they are spread by aerosol particles, which are small enough to go through every mask. By the way, the literature that supports all of that is in a flash drive that we presented to you. It's been given to the secretary. So he says that, right? Uh, and Which, if you've listened to this show, you've heard me say that too, right? I've said if a virus is small enough to hang in the air, it's small enough to go through that stupid little cloth mask. Well, what does he have to show for it? But let's see, face masks in the COVID-19 era, a health hypothesis. Let's look at this. Do, 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 do. Oh, uh, U.S. National Library of Medicine. Huh. Oh, this article has been retracted, but uh, you can still go and read it. Um, and this, I believe this one, 
was the one that said that they're too small to, or that they're too small to, yeah, keep out. Um, yeah, so I don't really care if it's been retracted. Um, it was retracted because people were mad about it, not because it's inaccurate. Uh, so I would, I would encourage you to go through and read this one. Um, let's see. So I think this is the one that just looks at the efficacy of anything other than an N95 mask. I don't have time to go through and read it on the air, but you know he's he has got this um, this documented. Even if uh, the establishment did hate it. As a matter of fact, it quotes at least three studies sponsored by the NIH to that exact fact. Even though the CDC and the NIH have chosen to avoid, to ignore the very science that they paid to have done. Um, that is why you keep struggling with this, is because you cannot make these viruses go away. The natural history of all respiratory viruses is that they circulate all year long, waiting for the immune system to get sick through the winter or become deranged, as has happened recently with these vaccines. And so that's absolutely what he said was, of course, true. That's, that's indisputable that um, that respiratory vac or respiratory viruses that circulate, they wait for us to, you know, wait for winter to come and then our immune system drops or to become enraged or de deranged, sorry, deranged, um, like he said, as with what is happening with this vaccine. So we're going to, we're, we've still got to talk about that one because we're going to get to that study, um, from the CDC, mind you, from the CDC, that is this, this study right here, um, yeah, and actually that's one that he cites, so and then they we're going to keep going. Disease. Because they cannot be filtered out, and they have animal reservoirs, and this is a very important point, no one can make this virus go away. The CDC has managed to convince everybody that we can handle this like we did smallpox, where we could make a virus go away. Smallpox had no animal reservoirs. The only thing it learned to infect was humans. That's why we were able to make that virus go away. That will not happen with this any more than it will with influenza, the common cold, respiratory syncytial virus, adenoviral respiratory syndromes, or anything else that has animal reservoirs. So the reason you can't do this is because you're trying to do something which has already been tried and can't be done. Equally important is that vaccination changes none of this, especially with this vaccine. And I would hope this board would start asking itself before it considers taking the advice of the CDC, the NIH, and the State Board of Health, why we are doing things about this that we didn't do for the common cold, influenza, or respiratory syncytial virus. And then ask yourself, why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? Yup. Why are we having an outbreak in the middle of the summer when we know that respiratory viruses don't do that? Now, obviously, again, the, 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 the vaccine may be, may be weakening our immune system. It may be strengthening it so much that we have a, a adverse effect uh, or that we have an adverse reaction to actually getting the virus. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. What I do know is what I can see with my eyeballs, all right? Again, we have to go back to how many people do you know suffering in the hospital? How many people do you know uh, in these different places? And now we have the CDC reporting outbreaks in public gatherings among uh, infected people. I'll tell you the percentages in a bit.
All right, we're getting to that. But uh, why is all of this going on? And uh, I'm not going to posit any other hypothesis other than, you know, it's possible that the vaccine is making our immune systems too good. I don't know if, uh, actually, (laughs) I don't know if I can be censored from the internet for saying that uh, it's making it too good, but, uh, you know, the good doctor from Grand Valley said that we can have cytokine storms, Uh, so, you know, you heard, excuse me, you heard that a little bit ago, makes it too good, you know, your immune system is too strong, and uh, you'll actually get a cytokine response, so... And to help you understand that, you need to know the condition that is called antibody-mediated viral enhancement. That is a condition done when vaccines work wrong, as they did in every coronavirus study done in animals, on coronaviruses after the SARS uh, outbreak, and done in respiratory syncytial virus, where a vaccine used in a vulnerable individual, done the wrong way, which cannot be done right for a respiratory virus which has a very low pathogenicity rate, causes the immune system to actually fight the virus wrong and let the virus become worse than it would with native infection. And that is why you are seeing an outbreak right now. In fact, in that flash drive you're going to have coming to you and in the emails with 6 extra will be a study showing that 75% of people who had COVID-19 positive symptom cases in Barnstable, Massachusetts outbreak were fully vaccinated. So, that is this CDC... Um CDC reporting. <clears throat> During July of 2021, 460... Again, you can see this if you're on video, uh, either on Twitch or on uh, Rumble. I'm not going to post it to YouTube because they will, they'll will they take me down anyway, so there's no point. Um, 469 cases of COVID-19 associated with multiple summer events and large public gatherings in, in a town in Barnstable County, Massachusetts were identified among Massachusetts residents. Vaccination coverage among eligible Massachusetts residents was 69%. Approximately three-quarters, 346, 74% of the cases occurred in fully vaccinated persons, those who had completed a two-dose course of mRNA vaccine, Pfizer, BioNTech, or Moderna, or Pfizer, BioNTech, or Moderna, or had received a single dose of Janssen, Johnson and Johnson vaccine more than or equal to 14 days before exposure. So the Delta variant it says it it uh, genome sequencing of specimens from the or from 133 patients identified the Delta variant of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. In 119, 89%, and the Delta AY sublineage in one or one percent. Yes. Overall, 274 vaccinated patients with breakthrough infections were symptomatic. Were symptomatic. Among five COVID-19 patients who were hospitalized, four were fully vaccinated. No deaths were reported. All right. So we're not talking about the vaccine killing you. We're just talking about the. Still, people are going to the hospital in high rates. With the vaccine. Um, 79% of vaccinated patients with the breakthrough infection were symptomatic. Um, now, the of course, the health officials tell us that, well, they would have been symptomatic anyway. But that's not how COVID has worked the entire time. The entire time. 
we have been being told that this thing is spreading like wildfire and that there are so many asymptomatic people walking around. Not 79% of the people that get it are now symptomatic. Questions that I want answers to. I want to discuss these things with a medical person. I want these people to come on the show and talk to me because I have questions. A lot of Grand Valley students have questions. A lot of people in Michigan have questions and a lot of people throughout America, the world, have questions. All right, We are just not being represented in the media. We're not being represented anywhere. So we have to come up with our own forms of media. Again, which is why I exist. I've known that the media will not give support to people they don't like for a very long time. I didn't think they'd ever do it in my lifetime with something as important as this. Well, it's not it's not really that they're doing it with something important. It's that they're elevating something that's unimportant to make it super important. But they don't care if more people are hospitalized as long as you take their vaccine. Um, oh, my goodness. It's already been almost a half hour. Um, so, yeah, we're going to listen to this a little bit more. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. You should also know that no vaccine, even the ones I support and would give to myself and my children, ever stops infection. In 2014, there was outbreak of mumps in the National Hockey League. The only people who came down the symptoms were the people who were unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status. Boy, that sounds like a great argument for vaccines. But a question that you should ask yourself, knowing that half of the people who came down with symptomatic disease had no contact with an unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status individual, where did they get the disease? And the answer was from the vaccinated individuals. No vaccine prevents you from getting infection. You get infected, you shed pathogen. This is especially true of viral respiratory pathogens. You just don't get symptomatic from it. So you cannot stop spread. You cannot make these numbers that you've planned on get better by doing any of the things you're doing. Okay, so that harkens back to our uh, little graph, which I closed. Uh, I can actually pull it back up. Again, the vaccine, whether or not it is in every single one of us, the vaccine will not stop these indicators that I've talked about. The uh, percent spread of, let's see, see if I can get there. The spread of... um, Where is it? Where is it? There it is. No. Okay. It, it won't stop the seven-day average of new COVID-19 cases within Ottawa County because the vaccine doesn't stop spread. It won't stop the new COVID-19 cases within Kent County or the new COVID-19 cases in Michigan. It doesn't stop spread. It won't stop seven-day average of new COVID-19 cases within GVSU because it doesn't stop spread. We've been told this over and over from the CDC, from different doctors, from everybody, that these mandates, these these crazy guidelines that you, get, you people are coming up with, that the vaccine isn't going to get you to zero. We're not going to stop the spread of this disease. And maybe we're doing more harm than good by pushing a vaccine that most people don't want. All right, let's continue. Because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens. And you can't prevent it with a vaccine because they don't do the very thing you're wanting them to do. 
and you will be chasing this the remainder of your life until you recognize that the Center for Disease Control and the Indiana State Board of Health are giving you very bad scientific guidance. And instead, read the articles that are going to come on the email and are on this flash drive and listen to the people in this audience here tonight who actually have recognized the advice they are getting from the CDC and the NIH is counterfactual. And that's why you're still fighting this with this vaccine that supposedly was going to make all of this go away, but has suddenly managed to make an outbreak of COVID-19 develop in the middle of the summer when vitamin D levels are at their highest. By the way, the other thing that would be necessary, any vaccine restriction to be considered is if there were no other treatment available. And I can tell you, having treated over 15 COVID-19 patients, that between active loading with vitamin D, ivermectin, and zinc, that there is not a single person who has come anywhere near the hospital. And we already have studies that show that if you achieve a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level greater than 55, your risk of COVID-19 death will drop down to one quarter of the population average for the United States. And there are active treatment trials included on that flash drive that show the same is true. So, where is this vitamin D study? Do to do, do to do. I know I saw it here somewhere. There it is. Short-term high-dose vitamin D supplementation for COVID-19 disease. A randomized placebo-controlled study from Postgraduate Medical Journal. Um, okay, so that looks like another peer-reviewed journal. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's looking like this doctor says he's been treating with vitamin D. And uh, that's the way all respiratory infections, viruses have been treated. That's the that's what keeps the flu away during the summer is high vitamin D levels. So if you were going to discriminate based upon Jeez. vaccine, you should also discriminate based upon 25 hydroxy vitamin D level, zinc taste test response, and probably previous infections. Since there are also studies on that flash drive that show that people who have recovered from COVID-19 infection actually get no benefit from vaccination at all, no reduction in symptoms, no reduction in hospitalization, and suffer two to four times the rate of side effects if they are subsequently vaccinated. So, again, Dr. Husuna, you have some questions to answer. Um, I say that with as much respect as I possibly can, but I have questions about what this man is saying because there's so much of it seems to make perfect sense um again here here we go with uh where did he where was it that um here somewhere alright I can't find it um, again he said once again uh, vaccinated people or uh, hold on let me let me back it up let me let me get back into you get no benefit from vaccination at all no reduction in symptoms no reduction in hospitalization and suffer two to four times the rate of side effects if they are subsequently vaccinated. 
Therefore, the policies that you are basing on are totally counterfactual. I don't blame this board for that because I know you aren't scientists and you've thought it was reasonable to listen to the CDC, NIA. Okay, so I, I see the, the study. Longitudinal analysis shows durable and broad immune memory after SARS-CoV-2 infection with persisting antibody responses and memory B and T cells. That is the study that he's talking about. Um, let's see. Okay, so yeah, that's that's the study. PubMed.gov, um, National Library of Medicine, um, another another study cited by a practicing physician showing that people that have already had the virus benefit not at all from getting the vaccine. Doctor Huzuna, we need a response. I I am calling. Uh, there's an, this is an open invitation for Dr. Husuna to be on this show, to make her case. Um, actually, an open invitation for Dr. Dan Stock. He's much less likely to see my show uh, than Dr. Husuna. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where we're sitting right now. Um, so, I'm, I think I'm going to let him finish up. But I would encourage that instead you listen to the people out here in this audience and read what's on that data drive. And if anybody here in this board has any questions about anything on that, I will happily come back and sit with you individually if you would like to explain the science behind this. And if you're worried about being sued by somebody because you don't follow the guidance of the CDC and the NIH, I will tell you have a free pro bono expert testimony at your disposal. I will testify in defense of this board, turning down all these recommendations. Okay, so Dr. Dan Stock offers his uh, help to the board in turning down the recommendations. Um, I, I have a listener. He says he's not getting the jab. I'm not getting the jab either, my friend. Um, I'm doing my best. I'm doing everything I can to keep all Grand Valley students from having to get the jab. Um, so that is actually what we're looking at. We're looking at the Grand Valley Town Hall. Um, it was it was brought up uh, in that way. Um, obviously, the mandate um, is is quite irksome to me. Um, but I'm trying my best to be respectful to ask Dr. Hasuna, um, the leaders of Grand Valley, to please answer these questions uh, once again. So if you're a Grand Valley student, by the way, uh, write to me, straightnewsforyou at gmail.com. Uh, that is where I will you will find or you will uh, be answered from me. Um, I'm not going to give out my, my Grand Valley email because, uh, well, for one, I don't want to lose my job uh, as a as a writer for the land, the Lanthorn, um, uh, too quickly. <laughs> I'd like to get a couple articles out first before I get fired. Uh, so we're going to end with, uh, Forbes, um, Forbes article. The success of COVID-19 vaccine vaccines should be measured by hospitalization rates, not infection rates. Again, we have got the wrong metric to be, uh, measuring Grand Valley with for our alert levels. It should be hospitalization rates, not infection rates, according to Forbes. I, I can't get any better than that uh, unless I actually went back to uh, the original source. 
um, which was, oh shoot, I, all right, yeah, I'm going to stay with Forbes, um, so, It says, it is now clear that vaccinated individuals can test positive for COVID-19, although at a significantly lower rate compared to the unvaccinated population. The, CDD, the CDC recently reported an outbreak of COVID-19 in Barnstable County. So this is, um, this is uh, an article written on the um, article that I showed you in which 74% of cases occurred among those who were fully vaccinated. This has raised questions about the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccine and led to social media claims that vaccinated persons are, quote, super spreaders. Um, now, if Forbes can determine that uh, the, the success should be measured by hospitalizations or our success as a community at uh, not getting COVID-19, um, I think should be Again, measured by hospitalization rates, not infection rates. Um, we, we, again, ask the community. We beg the community to hear us. Uh, and one person that is doing that, I'm not going to bring up. Well, gosh, I, sh I probably should. So one student that is at the forefront of this um, is Amanda Bourne. Uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to show her. Um, Amanda Bourne is running around Grand Valley uh, setting up uh, LLCs so that she can receive funding for uh, changing this um, this mandate. Uh, because, see, for, so here's what I heard from her. That change.org, MSU chapter uh, of the students, raised $15,000 and change.org didn't give it to them. They cited some uh, ridiculous thing. They didn't give them the money that they raised to counteract these mandates. So there's the, the students are setting up an LLC. People from Michigan, Wayne State, uh, MSU, Grand Valley State University, uh, many other places, uh, they're, the, the students are getting together. They're setting up an LLC so that they can receive funding. Like I said, they're setting up a website, uh, which I don't have yet. Uh, the website will be up probably by next week. So the next show, um, probably you will have a website to check out. Um, these students are doing much more than I actually, I, I was surprised by this. So it took me like three weeks to find them because Facebook shadow bans everybody that they, you know, disagree with. Um, and we're kind of wondering, you know, if there's more uh, Grand Valley students out there that are disgruntled, that have small groups uh, that we just aren't finding. Um, I don't know. I, I think that might be unlikely, but we'll we're gonna we're looking into it. Uh, but they are doing a lot. Um, I will have much more. Actually, you know, I may have her on the show just to talk about everything that she's doing. Um, you know, get get more more in depth. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna ask her to come on the show for next week. So uh, we're gonna be talking hopefully with Amanda Bourne next week um, about everything that she's doing. And one final thing before we go, um, this uh, healthaffairs.org, let's see, there is no evidence that differential 
pre-mandate COVID-19 trends with respect to issuing these mandates. No evidence of differential pre-mandate COVID-19 trends with respect to issuing these mandates. So uh, this study was looking at COVID-19 mandates in between uh, different areas and non-mandated places. Um, it showed no difference in the spread. Um, where there were max, where there were mask mandates and where there were no mask mandates, the spread was the same through the entire thing. Uh, in comparable regions, um, comparable um, areas. So this, again, masking of our community. I asked the university to reconsider. I asked the university to show us a study that says that masks are effective at reducing the spread. Not a, not a study from China. Please get us, get us something that is good that we can actually look at. Give us the link, not the not the data from the CDC. We don't want that. Uh, we want the, the study. We want to see it. We want to discuss it with you. Okay. Um, so again, open invitation for Dr. Hasuna to please come on the show and show me how she justifies all this stuff. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, actually, I know I'm forgetting something. So I'm going to look at my opener because... Change.org. Oh, the, yeah, the FDA approved. Oh, the healthcare. Okay, so um, one last thing. I have a nurse friend here in Allendale. Um, he said that like uh, 15, 10 to 15% of the nursing staff at Spectrum Hospital, Butterworth, uh, are going to refuse the jab. They're, they said they're going to call Spectrum's bluff and make them fire them. So, uh, yeah, healthcare system. About to collapse, guys. Uh, stock up on your medical supplies. Stock up on your medical knowledge because that hospital won't be functioning much longer. All right, guys. Uh, I'm just kidding. Don't don't freak out, please. Uh, you, you will still have your hospital in a month. Like These, these people aren't going to let you die, okay? <laughs> I, I was just kidding. So, uh, so yeah, uh, prepare for the apocalypse. I'm Anand Don. This is the Holmes Politicast. I will be back with you next week for more fun, uh, more developments on everything that we're doing to stop these mandates, and more developments, hopefully, on what the university is going to respond with uh, in light of my protests. I am Anand Don, and this is the Holmes Politicast. Oh, I almost stopped it without playing the, the thing. I, I gotta play the thing. Okay, here we go. <laughs>